Elfinworks Productions presents Ribbons and Bows, American Women in Violin History. Last time on part one of a special extended edition of Ribbons and Bows, you met Leona Flood and Viola Mitchell. Now in part two, more virtuoso violinists of stormy post-crash 1930s, Ruth Posselt and Bird Elliott, with rare and surprising interview material. Ruth Posselt also hit the stage in the 1930s. Born September 6, 1911, in Medford, Massachusetts, she began playing the violin at the age of three and studied under Emmanuel Anderchik and later with Jacques Thibault in Paris and then went on to perform at venues around the world. She became the first American-born violinist to tour the Soviet Union performing in Leningrad and Moscow in 1934 and 1935. She received outstanding critical acclaim for her concerts at Town Hall, Carnegie Hall, Symphony Hall, and all over Europe. The last time anyone in Europe was able to hear Posselt's melodious tones so full of lofty elegance was 1949. From then on, this mistress of beautiful lyricism only privileged the American ear with her playing. They rewarded her with enthusiastic standing ovations. The New York Times remarked on the long and hearty applause she received for her brilliant Tchaikovsky, played with much feeling and virtuoso impulse and a real sense of color. Listen to Ruth Posselt herself in a rare interview. I gave a performance of the Hindemith Violin Concerto, which my husband gave the first performance of that, but I sort of stole it from him while he was <laughs> away. And as a surprise, I learned it in 10 days. He came back and I played it for him, and he was so excited, and he said, you have to play this. So I then played it under his leadership, under Kusevitsky and Leonard Bernstein in... Tanglewood, and became a very close friend of Hindemith, who came to Tanglewood to teach. And he was present when I performed his concerto with the Boston Symphony at Yale University. He was so really excited and happy about the performance. He baked me a special cake, which he decorated by hand. He was quite a gifted artist, and he made this wonderful chocolate frosting with a girl with <laughs> blonde hair playing the violin on this cake. The Washington Times Herald recorded that she was recalled eight times by her appreciative audience, saying her style was original and effective. But it wasn't just audiences who loved her. The Boston Evening Transcript waxed fairly poetic, hailing her as an authority of a virtuoso and mistress of a meltingly beautiful lyricism. Her repertoire included concerti by Brooke with masterly style and interpretation per Boston critic, Tartini with technical virtuosity, Tchaikovsky said to emanate from her very soul in a natural stream of melodic force. 
Dvorak, with great temperament and sound rhythmical feeling, according to a critic in Prague who noted the great ovations she received. In 1958, she formed a duo with Louis Vosgersian, a brilliant pianist. She taught at Florida State University and also played in the Floristan Quartet, which was started by her husband, Bergen. And here is Ruth Posselt again. Now, personally, as my husband, uh, he has a tremendous respect for me, and I feel the same way for him, so that we really are two individuals. I would say that most of the time, we're in complete agreement. Very often, there, there is uh, a divergence of opinion, and we may discuss something, but in the final analysis, we, we each play with our own conviction. She played a beautiful Giovanni Presenda violin from 1844, and audiences everywhere were thrilled by her level of virtuosity. Miss Paulsalt lived until February 19th of 2007, and in addition to teaching at Florida State University, she had also taught at Wellesley and the New England Conservatory as well as in private lessons. Her students likely gained some of the panache she was known for amongst her critics. Here is Ruth Posselt's daughter, Dr. Diana Bergen. Posselt's advice to one of her students, who told me this a few years ago when I was trying to find out about students' impressions of my mother, was this. You don't really know a difficult passage, she said, until you play it 30 times by heart while looking out the window. Posselt, who had performed several world premieres, also had had the singular honor of performing for President and Mrs. Franklin Delano Roosevelt in 1937 at the White House. Roosevelt, who took office in 1933, was a controversial president, well-loved among the people for his New Deal policies to stabilize the economy and provide jobs to those who were suffering, policies that had lifted so many out of abject poverty. He was also roundly despised by many industrialists and bankers who saw him as a socialist. Love him or hate him, he was inarguably the central figure of the times, and he brought a woman to play violin into the White House. America's First Lady, Eleanor Roosevelt, by contrast to her husband, was loved by all. So it must have meant so much to Posselt, yes, perhaps even more than the praise of a dedicated critic to hear Mrs. Roosevelt share how she especially enjoyed the evening, saying, The young American violinist, Miss Ruth Posselt, was not only a joy to look at, but a great pleasure to listen to as well. Eleanor Roosevelt was a powerful yet compassionate woman in a time where one felt the need to be superhuman just to survive. What a role model for Posselt and other violinists and young women of every persuasion in the United States, and yes, even worldwide. Ribbons and Bows, American Women in Violin History, a presentation of Elfenworks Productions Beyond Film and Music, will return after this brief message. Hi, I'm Seema Shams, Chief Development Officer at the Carter Center, where we're waging peace, fighting disease, building hope. Did you know that you can be a part of advancing the lives of women and their families worldwide? Find out more at www.cartercenter.org. 
That's www.carterceenter.org. Now we return to Ribbons and Bows, American Women in Violin History, a presentation of Elfenworks Productions, Beyond Film and Music. Another smashing success of the 1930s, Bird Elliott performed in Carnegie Hall and New York Town Hall. She had a charming stage presence that caused audiences to fall in love with her. She sounded and looked like an angel in her flowing white dress, and her warm, angelic tone brought listeners to soaring new heights. What do we know of her musical tastes? We know her repertoire included the Frank Sonata, Shimonovsky's Notturno and Tarantella, and she also played Mozart's B-flat Sonata, Herkel 454, her performance hailed by the New York Sun as fine intonation and skillful bow arm thoroughly demonstrated, and the César Franck Sonata, which critics tell us she set forth with considerable insight. Likewise, her Glazunov Violin Concerto and Paganini Caprices were set forth, according to the critics, with effective technical dexterity and brilliance, and demonstrated expressive warmth, elan, and dynamic range. This, according to the New York Herald Tribune. In Bird Elliott, we have a musicianly, tasteful, self-assured, brilliant, driven, and delightful artist. We also know she was daring, premiering a work never before heard in the United States with critical New York audiences. The Slavensky Sonata. The New York Sun approved, calling it some of her best playing, adding the violinist's performance disclosed a tone that's always musical and of adequate volume. A rare and sensitive insight in expressive delivery was well shown in the playing of the slow movement. Her style had freedom, and her general method of interpretation was generally assured and vital. The hall was crowded. She was a powerful player, able to captivate audiences and transport them to soaring heights during the Great Depression. Artists nourish the soul, just what was needed during the post-crash 1930s. In these stormy times, Ruth Breton, Leona Flood, Viola Mitchell, Ruth Posselt, and Bird Elliott often chose stormy pieces, such as the Lalo, the Sonata Slav for Elliott, and dashed them off with mastery and brio that engulfed their beleaguered and besieged audiences, taking them by storm and lifting them up. These commanding virtuosi, all strong, assured players, seemed to telegraph a message to their audiences. It's okay. You're with me now. You can rest a while and listen. Trust me. Let go. Cast your cares away for a while. Watch, listen, breathe, feel. Be transported. I'll bring you back, but just not yet. I have a gift for you and in repayment for having taken them on the wings of music away from their troubles for a while. Audiences thunderously and uproariously applauded. And, well, they should, because they were given a true gift. The gift that whispers of hope. The gift of music. That's all for now. We look forward to seeing you for our next installment of Ribbons and Bows. Until next time, keep a song in your heart and an extra set of strings, spread hope, and live life on the upbow. 
This episode features excerpts from works in the public domain and copyrighted recordings of Maud Powell and Ruth Postle that were used with permission from the copyright holders. For details, including full legal notice, visit elfinworksproductions.com. Ribbons and Bows, American Women in Violin History, has been a presentation of Elfinworks Productions, Beyond Film and Music. Writer-producer-director Lauren Spieth, Research and assistant producer Devin Philo. Technical consultant Christopher Spieth. Narrated by Lauren Spieth. Audio engineer Josh Workman. Learn about all our products, including this one, available as an audiobook release, and find more information and detailed histories online now at www.elfinworksproductions.com. We thank you for your patronage and partnership as we strive to tell the stories that matter. Copyright 2018, Elfenworks Productions, LLC. All rights reserved.